Welcome. Welcome to another episode of the PodQuest. PodQuest. Broadcasting from all around Vol Nation. Where we talk about Vols football, basketballs, recruiting, and exclusive interviews with those closest to the program. Now, you're about to experience the PodQuest. Good evening, PodQuest fans. This is the your favorite lovable chat host, Georgia Tech Vol. We thank you uh, for listening tonight and for joining us. We were not here last week. Uh, or no, maybe we were. Maybe we did like a, I don't even remember. I feel like maybe we didn't do a podcast last week or we did in the middle of the week, but things are blending together for me. But again, we're so happy and thrilled that you have tuned in to, actually it's top two now in, in uh, East Tennessee, top two downloaded podcast in the world ladies and gentlemen, in East Tennessee, the PodQuest. Again, we've got an incredible crew of folks tonight casting with us. We're going to have so much fun tonight. We're going to laugh. We've been laughing like crazy in the in the pre-show, having a good time. We, we joked about it. We feel like sometimes we should put this stuff out there for everybody to listen to as well because it's some pretty dang good material, but we might need to put that in like an 18-plus podcast or something or some kind of explicit one because it's pretty funny. It's pretty raw and unedited, so... Uh, we're we're thinking and we're looking at a way to uh, bundle all this stuff together for you guys. So again, thank you guys for listening. Um, I'm going to go through <clears throat> really uh, quickly what we're going to talk about today. We're going to go through Game of Thrones. We've got a Game of Thrones guru on here who knows everything. Game of Thrones the desktop background on his computer's Game of Thrones um, and the ending and supposedly how great or bad it was. We'll talk about that a little bit. We'll talk about Ebony Jackson and the fallout with his decommitment um, and a number of different things there. We've also got an interesting uh, game that we're going to play. We try to change it up here a little bit. So we've got, I believe it's called the Mount Rushmore game, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. And then we'll also look at Tennessee football recruiting. Um, I don't have the, the the best view on it right now. I don't think it's super positive. So we've got a, a spin zone that we'll be uh, cycling through here and talking about Tennessee recruiting a little bit. So we're going to have a really fun time tonight. Um, get ready, get buckled in, uh, because this is the pod quest. And here tonight we have uh, Powell Vols, Duke Silver Vol, Priest Vol, and PTC Vol. Um, going down the list here, Powell, how are you, man? Uh, welcome to the quest, man. Uh, had, glad to be here. Um, happy Memorial Day to everyone. Hope everybody's having a safe holiday. And uh, uh, really excited to talk a little bit of recruiting and some other stuff. That's right. I totally forgot about that. Happy Memorial Day weekend for everybody too. So, uh, thank you for reminding me. I, I knew every the whole time I was talking, I thought it was going to come out uh, whatever I was forgetting in my mind, and that's what it was. So, thank you for that. And thanks for joining, man. Glad to be here. The man who's been absent for a few weeks, and we give him um, a lot of flack for it, and he blames it on Game of Thrones. Duke Silverval, how are you tonight? Uh, doing good, guys. Like you said, uh, Memorial Day weekend, um, time for us to remember those who uh, gave the ultimate sacrifice so we could be on here on a Sunday night um, yep. talking balls and talking Game of Thrones and those kinds of things. We're glad to have you on here tonight. It's always an honor to have you on the PodQuest, and we'll have to get your get your face on the logo here soon. So send me send, send me some pics, but... Shoulders and above, though, please, if you could. Uh, <laughs> another ones that you send out to the group here. So, uh, you hold on. To the <laughs> uh, and uh, Nelson, not here. Priest Fall, how are you, man? Happy, happy Sunday to you. What's up, man? Thanks, thanks for having me. It's been a, it's been a nice Memorial Day weekend. Uh, my wife and I celebrated our five year anniversary on Friday, so got to enjoy that. Man. Yeah, thank you, you, thank you. Yeah, uh, we went to a place called Skull's Rainbow Room in Nashville. If you ever have a chance, I'm going to give them a free ride here to go. Um, they have really good food, and then um, they do burlesque shows on Saturday night. If uh, any of our listeners are into that, that's a it's a pretty that good time. Changed me a little bit. Um, brings me back to a time where I used to do burlesque shows. And I'm just kidding. Things we don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was Ma Hall coming in there for a minute. Thanks, Ma. Uh, appreciate that. But uh, you did a burlesque show for your five-year anniversary. I feel like we could do an entire podcast off of that. 
I think. Oh, I just said that they had burlesque shows there. I didn't say that I was there for just um, the reason of being the anniversary. Okay. I didn't know if that was like a thing, like a precursor for the rest of the evening, you know, if it set the tone, you know, or. Um, I mean, we may have been there when it started. I mean, but it uh, wasn't the reason why we went there. They just have really good food. You know how right. certain yeah. establishments have really great breakfast buffets from time to time. Exactly. Yes. You get, you, if they got a good, you know, uh, steak and grits and all that good stuff, man, that, uh, you know, that reminds me, my dad told me of a, <clears throat> of a swingers club in Atlanta that he frequents, uh, called trapeze and they've got a good, he said they have a good morning buffet. Um, so uh, shout out, we're actually sponsored by trapeze this evening. And I think this is hopefully not where the, the show is going to go, the tone of the show, but, uh, we have to poke fun at, uh, at bleed orange 23 for not being on tonight. He's, he's actually at a swingers. Um, I think they're doing boating on the lake and, and s'mores and fireworks or something like that. But uh, he's doing that this evening with a, a group of 50 plus, uh, folks, uh, age 50 plus. Not 50 I just want to know, is Dan Mullen there? Dan Mullen. My, I have not confirmed if he is or not, but, uh, if you, if you were there, my dad would be taking pictures of them, like really creepily taking pictures. So like he's sent out to the group. So. It's always from a distance. It's, he's always so far away when he, takes I know, he's them. so bad. Like just go up and take the dang picture. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, and he did confirm that Dan Mullen does urinate in pools. Um, he did, he said that one of the, the coaches that was with them, they were about to leave and he jumped in the pool for about five or 10 seconds and then got back out. Um, so they definitely are pool urinators. So, uh, Dan Mullen, if you're listening, which you probably are because of the popularity of the show, stop pissing in the pools, man, or stop urinating the pools. But, uh, last but not least, speaking of being in pools, your favorite, uh, podcaster on the podcast, PTC Vol. How are you, man? Doing good, my friend. Doing good. Glad to have everybody on. <clears throat> glad, to, glad to be with y'all. It's, uh, it's a momentous occasion as we head into the Memorial Day uh, remembrances for tomorrow. As you guys are out there, please remember um, the veterans that you do see. Tomorrow is not for them. Tomorrow is for the ones that they served with that were not able to come back and take their uniform off. Yeah. It is a somber occasion. It is not one that you celebrate. It is one for reflection. It's one for introspection. And it's one to... Make sure that you give thanks for all that those who have gone before us and will never come back have done. For the cost of freedom is only found in one place, and that is buried in the ground. Remember here, here. Yeah. Amen. No, very well, very well said. So, um, yeah, it's it's definitely. I think the main point that you said there, PTC, was it's a time to reflect, and and you know, at the end of the day to sit, you know, sit there for a second in, in silence or something, right? And just kind of think like, you know, the true sacrifice of people, you know, leaving their families behind to, to go fight um, and, and sacrifice their lives for us, for the freedom that we have every single day and the freedom to do this podcast. So, and to say whatever the heck we want. Um, unfortunately, some people use that freedom and, and use that um, in the wrong way, unfortunately, here in the U.S., but that's a whole other thing. So, uh, but again, we we give a big thanks uh, to the folks that have fought for us and, and, and died in that fight as well and sacrificed. So uh, we love you out there and, and thanks for your service. And so let's get into it here a little bit. Let's get into the pod quest um, real quickly. Duke Silverball, I want to throw it on, uh, throw it over to you because you know, you're joining us tonight. Game of Thrones. We didn't get to talk about it last week. What the heck happened? Um, why was it? Why was there such a backlash about the show? Well, I mean, I'm, I've am been sitting here the last couple of minutes actually making just a quick list of things. Um, well, unfortunately, there was a lot of things that really uh, impacted this. You had um, George R.R. R. Martin took, you know, 50 years to write the last two books. And so they ran out of source material about two and a half seasons ago, I guess. Um, so those seasons have certainly been less... Uh, you know, certainly less well, you know, not as well written, a lot of things like that. Then you had um, the the main writers of the show, uh, Benioff and Weiss, decided they wanted to move on to do some Star Wars stuff. I think they were, they are involved in either a new Star Wars or maybe that 
episode nine or whatever it is. I'm not sure, but um, HBO actually wanted the last, what ended up being the last two seasons of Game of Thrones um, were seven episodes and six episodes. HBO wanted that time period to actually be three seasons of 10 episodes each, which is what the normal seasons had been. Um, so really they kind of missed out on some 15, 17 episodes of content to really bring it home. So the last two seasons have kind of been a mess anyway. And, um, I think people, you know, the, between the season seven and season eight, they had two years of downtime while they were filming and this kind of stuff. So the hype just got so deafening, especially the last few months that, um, frankly, I think people's expectations were a little out of control, but at the same time, um, even reasonable expectations were not even close to being met. Um, most, most notably you have, you have the, the, the series is called game of Thrones, the book based on a book series called a song of ice and fire. Wow. Long story short, you have, you have kind of the main protagonist of the series. Jon Snow turns out that he is not. He's no longer a bastard. It turns out his parents were married, and he's actually uh, got the best the best claim to the Iron Throne. They found this out at the end of last season, and he found it out. Um, and after he had already pledged allegiance to what ultimately became his aunt and also his love interest, which is a whole Wait, other his thing. Aunt his love interest? Wait, hang yes. On. Yes, Um, which in the Game of Thrones world is not completely crazy. Um, But yeah, that's what it turned out to be. And so he ends up – his aunt is basically uh, thirsty and and for power only. And at the – when they finally are going to the capital to try to take the capital and install her as queen – the capital surrenders and she ends up still torching the entire capital, killing half a million uh, innocent people with her dragon and leaving the cap, the capital in ruins um, committing genocide more or less. And John realized that he was going to have to, to do something about her ultimately ends up killing her. And then a mixture of some of the main characters now and some of the characters of the past decided that, Bran Stark should be the uh, king to move forward, who Bran Stark is not even Bran Stark anymore. He's the three-eyed raven. He doesn't even have a personality. He doesn't have any of the things that hardly make him a human being anymore, um, other than the physical attributes. It was just a mess that kind of came out of nowhere um, for a story that had been written so beautifully um, by not only George R. R. Martin, but had been adapted to TV so well by these same guys who screwed it up at the very end. Um, unfortunately. And, uh, it was, it was kind of a shame for the fans. Some of us who had followed it, you know, Oh, do we lose them there? I think so. Yeah, yep. I think so. How about now? Now he's back. Well, Sorry guys. Um, <laughs> it kind of became a cult following over the last two or three years to where it got so big and so hyped up that um, it was probably never going to reach those high expectations. But even, even the reasonable expectations were not even close to being met, unfortunately. Well, my, my question is how the heck do you run out of ideas? Um, were, Were they making these, shows so in-depth and so many different twists and turns every week that you do run out of ideas or it wasn't so much that it was every week uh it was more that the source material was so well written originally that as things were happening you may not see them happening but then when the ultimate end game of that storyline happened it made sense because it had already been it had already been seeds had been planted throughout, even if you didn't recognize them at the time. Well, at the very end, they didn't do a good job of transitioning from things that happened at the end didn't make sense because they had never they had never they had never planted a seed as to why this was going to make sense later. Um, and I think that was the biggest deal was 
George R. R. Martin, who wrote the books, was very good at doing that early, you know, and giving them the source material for that. Um, and then when they had to kind of do it on their own with just a very basic outline of what he had told them the ending was going to be, um, I, I think they just didn't do a good enough job of adapting it to, to screen. I also, there's also a lot of rumors that if he ends up finishing the books uh, before he passes, uh, the guy is, in, is like 70 years old and in terrible health, so there's not, there's not a guarantee that that'll happen, that he's going to end up changing the ending from the show because that's supposed to be the true ending. I don't know everything about it, but like I said, it was just, it is, it just turned into a mess after it could have been something that was truly uh, transcendent in terms of television. Yeah. I I tend to agree that, you know, a lot of people get sucked into these cult followings of television shows and and you really want to build up um, the ending because you want it to be special. The very end of, of, of the season or the series, excuse me. And, you know, not to draw any comparisons, but I know there's a big backlash on like the last Seinfeld episode. And that was such a big, you know, thing back in the day. And their last episode was terrible. And um, I feel like that's probably the same is going to ha- happen with Mr. Robot. And that's not even the same stratosphere of Game of Thrones and some of these other things. But um, you just get so sucked into how good some of the other seasons are. And you're like, the ending has to be just amazing. And then it just it's probably it's hard to ha- put it all into one you know, one show that really blows people away, I think. So, um, yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. If, if you could real quick, real quick, if uh, you could have one of the VolQuest uh, staff members as a character in Game of Thrones, who would it be and why? Sorry to put you um, It would absolutely be Jesse like, Simonton. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. It would have to be. Um, Jesse would fit in very well with the uh you know just the general feel of game of thrones you've got you've got uh you've got people changing allegiances you've got uh you know you've got you've got people pretending that they're you know elite you know uh you know with this crew and it turns out they're actually you know with the, with this team you know they're 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 riding for a Tennessee site, but they went to Florida, but they're a Georgia fan. You know all those types of things. That, <laughs> you know uh, exactly. You know you never know what to expect. Now I was thinking the Tyrion uh, Lannister guy that that character for uh, for Rob. Yeah, Lewis. Peter Dinklage's character. <laughs> I was thinking I was thinking Tyrion for uh, for Rob Lewis, but I didn't know what you thought on that. If that would be a good. good T- Tyrion Lannister, at least up until the last couple seasons, was probably the most clever, uh, most clever character in the show. I don't think that fits Rob Lewis uh, for <laughs> obvious reasons, but uh, we can go into that a little later. Uh, shout out to our boy Rob, um, and, and also shout out to Vol fan in Louisiana one. I don't know if you're banned or not from the board after your post today, uh, but uh, that in a little Easter egg in there, so. Somebody else wanted to say something. I think it was maybe Power or Priest that was about to come in there. No, I was just I was I was just gonna ask, Duke. So my barber watched it all the way through, and this is like a complete side conversation that happened because I haven't watched any of it. And his theory was similar to what you mentioned at the beginning that they all the writers they rushed it to get to Star Wars, so they just cut a bunch of stuff out and just ended it to get out. Is that yeah, no, I mean is that I think- the consensus? I think that's that's pretty much the consensus, and I think it's pretty well established that HBO said we want season we want the last what ultimately became the last thirteen episodes we want to be done in three ten episode seasons into thirty episodes, and they could have easily done that um, with just the storylines that had already been established and really brought this thing to a good close. Um, and but that was you know obviously going to take at least probably another year to two years to complete. And I, my understanding was that uh, Benioff and Weiss, the two main writers and showrunners did not, they, they had been tired of game of Thrones for a couple of years now already. So, uh, which is a real shame. And honestly, I'm kind of surprised that HBO didn't just say, okay, well, we'll find someone else to write it, get George R. R. Martin on the line and, you know, let's find someone else to write it because they're not, you know, this, you know, we're not talking about, 
you know, we're not talking about Christopher Nolan or Aaron Sorkin here. We're not talking about some legends, you know, that are writers. We're talking about two guys who, yeah, they did a good job with Game of Thrones, but they're not they're not irreplaceable. Yeah, I mean, I would do great. I did great in college because I knew the people that had the book before me. Like I knew right, the answer. Yeah, to right. The test. It's kind of easy to do that. Right. Exactly. Yeah that that that's what he was talking about that they you know they the build up for the show was this big battle that was all going to come to an end and then they did it in an hour like the, it right. was built up to this such a massive thing when winter is coming and all the White Walkers come across like what's going to happen and then they just did it in an hour and that was it and then it was the, and then that was it that was the end of their storyline and very very disappointing way to end that in my opinion yeah I was going to pull up the thread actually. Um, there were some good responses in the Game of Thrones thread for the final season, but I didn't have enough time. So if you could, last thing I'll ask you, Duke, if you could give on a Rivals.com rating, which we know that is the gospel, right? The Rivals.com evaluations and ratings. <laughs> sure, um, of course. Apps, uh, you know, they have extensive research into the, a lot of the recruits and, you know, a lot of the, the national writers, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, you know, they were they all played sports growing up and probably played professionally as well, chiseled bodies and, and things like that. So, you know, they know an athlete when they see one. Um, so if you could rate the Game of Thrones, let's give you two two ratings, one for the final season and then two for the uh, final episode from a one star to a, like a zero star to a, to a five star. You can well, call it a book three star if you want to. Yeah, yeah, I mean, really four star, the, uh, you know, you know, the, the series itself, uh, you know, it was if it didn't screw itself up in the last season, really the last season and a half, um, which by just episode numbers was only about one season. It was a six point one five star, you know, top five player in the country. Um, but the last season was probably like a 5.42 star unfortunately oh wow um Ooh. and we're not and i'm not talking about like the johnny manzel 5.42 star either um right. <laughs> i'm talking like the uh tugboat carson 5.42 <laughs> star oh, um, tugboat reference and uh you know so all thing all that kind of mixed together i'd say it's still a solid 5.94 star overall you know, top hundred, top hundred and fifty player in the country. Right. So we're at like a Nigel Warrior level, like a five dot five point nine top seventy five player in the country, but doesn't really know the playbook just yet. Yeah, still yeah, a great series, year. but unfortunately just didn't stick the landing. Right, right. So no, that's good. And we, we appreciate that synopsis. I think honestly, if I had the, the nine ninety nine button on my computer loaded up and I apologize, PodQuest fans, I don't have it loaded up. Um, I think this was definitely worth the nine ninety five or nine ninety nine right here. Hearing the the Game of Thrones synopsis with the the details that you had there, because I had no freaking idea, even from the writers and all that stuff. So that was that was beautiful. So I know we scratched the itch for the Game of Thrones fans that still want to talk about it a little bit, but we did need to have that on there. And speaking of ice and fire, I wanted to to continue the conversation and, and transfer from Game of Thrones to Tennessee football, ice and fire, and talk about warm and cold. And you talk about the Ebony Jackson commitment or decommitment now. Um, he goes on, uh, Powell, I'll ask you, could you kind of go through the situation there? What the heck happened? And what's the, you know, what's been the kind of blowback here? Because this has national ramifications, in my opinion, because they ran a national story. Yeah, that was a, that was a weird day on VolQuest. We got we got our mods who are deleting national writers stories that you know interview Ebony Jackson is the player there you know we're talking about. Yeah. So we got a national we got a national mod who interviews this guy who apparently understands the rules of recruiting and allows this player to um, basically explain the reasons why he decommitted, which was tennis. Apparently he injured, gets an injury in his spring game, maybe like a broken forearm or something like that. And he's 
he's upset that Tennessee did not go into the locker room during the spring game to check on him. Well, the NCAA rules say Tennessee or any team cannot go. It's it's like the bump rule. You cannot, right. you know, have contact with a player. So anyway, Chad, whatever his name is, it's apparently – yeah, he he knows this. Yeah, yeah and he knows about broken he, forearms as well. You know the personal injury. So. Yeah, and and he 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 knows he knows Tennessee cannot actually talk to him, and he allows this player to which which is fine that the player didn't understand the rule. That's fine. Not maybe not every player knows all the rules about contact with coaches, but anyway, he, he publishes a story about the Tennessee coaches not talking to the kid and the kid's upset about it and he knows the rules and he understands, you know, he knows that Tennessee cannot talk to him, but he still publishes it. And he tells Valquist that the reason why he publishes it is because it's good for the company, basically meaning um, he knew it was going to cause a controversy and that was okay with hey, him. Right. <laughs> What's best for business? Yeah, exactly. And, um, you gotta also you say know, he ma- did he make a thread or was it our, uh, the Volquest guys? Because we have people that listen outside of Volquest. So who made the no, thre- he, big thread? He, he made the thread with the reason, or like with the reason why he the player decommitted. Okay, he made a thread, but later on Austin Price started a thread explaining the details of why. Um, or explaining that we've deleted this thread because we've talked to the coaches. We know the coaches have reached out to him. Right. We know, we know the reason why the coaches didn't actually go into the locker room and talk to him was because of the rules. So because of that, basically the story's false. I almost felt like Valquist was kind of calling out the player a little bit. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and, that begs and, to ask the question then to your point, Powell, it, you know, is Volquest? I mean, they they have their television show and all that stuff. Are they mouthpieces for the athletic department? I mean, yes. absolutely. I mean, no doubt in my mind they are. But they at the at the same time, I can't blame them for doing what they did um, because it was it was it, it was a false article. And they and by the way, Chad, you know, uh, posted posted like his little comments about the article he he pretty much admitted because somebody somebody asked him in that thread in the first thread that chad posted somebody asked him about hey um the rules say tennessee cannot have contact with him and you knew this and you still posted it and he said it's not my job to explain the rules of recruiting to the recruit so he he knew what he was doing he did it on purpose and that's, you know, and I believe that's why yeah. the Valquest mods came in and deleted it because they realized what was going on. Now, they are a mouthpiece for the university. I mean, I don't care what anybody says. They are. But they did the right thing by deleting it because they realized it was, you know, it, it wasn't correct. You know, um, it it made Tennessee look bad. And and I'm kind of glad they deleted it because um, it, I th- to me it was the right thing to do in that situation. I was surprised that that thread only went like two pages. Um, yeah. The one that Austin created because man, this caused a big stir. And and the crazy part about it is that, you know, this made national waves in my opinion. And it's not like Tennessee is Clemson right now or will ever be Clemson and, you know, has it all going in the recruiting front. And this is just another story because we live in the world where, you know, people say accuse somebody of something and then that becomes fact because it got accused. Right. So now people are thinking that Tennessee, you know, Butch Jones used to be the, he actually used to be one of the first coaches. Whenever someone got injured, he'd run out to the middle of the field. I don't know if you guys remember that. It was many years ago. The coaches used to never do that, but Butch was one of the first coaches to start doing that. And everyone would be like, Oh my gosh, he really cares about the players, blah, blah, blah. And then we, you know, find out later that he, said derogatory terms to Daniel Helm and punched Crowder in the face and all the whatever supposed things. To be fair, Crowder <laughs> probably deserved it. <laughs> probably. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, 
that when something gets said out there, people will freaking believe it. And, you know, now Tennessee's going to be on the defensive about it. I mean, how's this impact Tennessee recruiting or is it a nothing burger or is this really, even though it got deleted, I mean, I think the impact was felt. It's, I mean, it doesn't help. It's just sort of another domino in the everything's going bad for Tennessee right now sort of game. Yeah. And, and but it was just, um, sometimes, you know, and I understand that writers, they, te- they, they, they make a story and they tell everything the recruit tells them. It was just really surprising to me that, that Chad wrote something and he knew it wasn't right, but he still put it out there. I was really surprised. And, you know, it's these guys there. I feel like they're like used car salesmen and they'll so, just do whatever, whatever it takes to get clicks. Right. And, Powell, let me and, ask you this. Yeah. In the current climate of the mainstream media, we know that people will put out there. Well, Hey, if it didn't happen, it could happen. Do you exactly. think that started to trickle down to, Sports media, I mean, we've seen it trickle down to large market sports media, ESPN, Fox Sports, et cetera. But now it's starting to get down to sports media on this level. Yeah, people are figuring out that a if you if you have a juicy story, even if it's not even if it's not factual, put it out there because it gets you hits. Right. Yeah, no, and I, I think those are good points. This I want to bring Priest in real quick, and maybe Duke, you can add to this, and PTC also. But um, along the along those lines, there, um, what is the obsession? I call it obsession, and let's let's pick on the national writers here a little bit. Um, you know, we we all know I made the joke about them having extensive sports backgrounds, and just maybe even going to the gym, you know, once a week or three times a week or something. But you can tell that they don't, but. Um, you know, the national writers here <laughs> with writing on our board and bringing, you know, trying to create threads and all that kind of stuff. Priest, I'll ask you real quick. What is the reason? Do you think that they've got like a, a dashboard that shows the biggest rivals, you know, websites that get the most clicks and they're just doing clickbait or what is the reason for their affinity and love? Of, and it's never, it feels like it's never good news. They like none of their articles like they're bringing articles that are like, oh, um, recruit, four star recruit talks Tennessee in its top seven, and then I click on the article and it's like, yeah, well, they recruit me really hard, but Alabama's my top choice, and I really like them. It's like, why are they bringing these articles to our board? They're really that thirsty. Well, I think there's multiple answers to that. So yes, they. I'm sure that based off of you know media today they ha- they have to have understand and website data that they can probably pull or glean any type of information off of their sites or or probably what Volquest is probably considered a microsite off of the main rival site but uh, they may not because that board crashes on national signing day every other year so they may not I don't know um, but they they have to know that you know, it's probably one of the ball quests is probably one of the larger boards that they have. And at that same point, though, the Tennessee fan base is such a lightning rod to get any type of reaction out of. It's they're, they're, I'm sure there's a little bit of that knowledge in there that when they take something and post it, they either know that if it's good news, they're going to get loved up and everyone's going to love the article. If it's bad news, it's going to get even more attention because more people are going to click it and they're going to log in and they're going to. They're going to you know, set it on fire and they're going to call out the mods and then they're going to call out the national writers. Um, and I, I don't know how it's set up. If if, if I was in the position that, that Brent Hubs and, and the VolQuest.com staff was in, I would want, if a national writer is going to be running a, a story on my page, I would at least want to be able to read it before it goes live. I mean, that's what I do in my job is making sure before right. something goes live, it's reviewed. I mean, you get it. I mean, I guess it's a it's high school recruiting. It's not that crazy, but at the same time, if if you're going to have a VolQuest moderator go and pull a story from a national moderator because they don't like what was said in it and how it made the Tennessee coaches look compared to what, the way the kid said, I mean, th- there's got to be a little bit better of a, alignment between the two that you would think would be there, but it may just be the Wild West for however Rivals wants to run it, and then people just log on, fire their – fire their shot of, of the post and post the article and wish it the best of luck. But I mean, I, 
Chad usually writes pretty decent pieces. That was a little lacking in some of his writing integrity um, for him to post that because, like you guys said, he knows the rules. I mean, everyone knows the rules. An 18-year-old kid may not know the rules, but, you know, I, I can, I'm pretty sure that him posting that, Brent Hubbs probably got a phone call from someone in the UT athletic department saying, why was this story posted? Because they're all over that board yeah. watching for stories or posts exactly like that. So, I mean, it, it, it could be a, a multitude of things, but the Tennessee fan base enjoys a good, um, a good roast on anyone from time to time. Well, roast is, and also coaching searches. That's what we do the monthly coaching search. So, um, yeah, I just it. I feel like it, you know, aired the dirty laundry between the kind of the the daughter sites and the the parent site, right? And it just shows that they're not talking to each other. You know, it, how easy would it be for Chad Simmons to send a text to Brent and say, "Hey, I'm about to run this thing. You know, are you cool with it or something?" Right? And they just can't do that. It's it's sad. So. Um, Anything? Anything else? Do we? Uh, I know we want to talk maybe a little bit about the national guys at all. Do we have any taste or any appetite to do that, or do we want to keep moving forward? They have a large appetite. If that's what you're <laughs> implying, <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about that, but it fits perfectly. Um, what a segue! Yeah, that was good. I, <laughs> I know that um, it's funny when you've got uh, you have you know, the gifs and the memes that are like for Woody Womack and he used to get his big time, but I feel he like he's stayed off our board for a while for good reason. But, um, there's always one meme that you can post about Woody and it'll get you banned for a while. And I think everybody knows that one. Um, so we won't say it, but if you guys haven't seen it, you can private message me and I'll send it to you, but it's pretty freaking funny, man. Um, up PTC, uh, pizza just came in. Sounds like <laughs> Domino's came in. <laughs> Dinner's dinner <laughs> served PTC. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> no, it's all good. Well, we'll we'll go past roasting the uh, the national guys. Um, you guys are safe for this week, but if you piss us off one more time, we'll be doxing you. And that's not a threat. I'm saying we won't be doxing you. We'll just be it's looking just a at promise. Your- yeah, we'll just be looking at your photos. <laughs> it's not a threat, it's a promise. <laughs> we'll be making the one thing, physical appearance. So the one thing that the, the one thing that all of this with the with the whole Jackson deal um kind of kind of sums up Tennessee right now, especially when recruiting, is is we're not talking about a five star. We're talking about a middle of the road three star guy. Exactly. And the board was on fire. Dude, he's criminally he's criminally underrated, and I trust the staff <laughs> more than I trust you. Hundred so. percent. Uh, I, I, yeah. Okay. And, um, <laughs> he's the next Derrick Henry. Powell. Yeah. Come on. Cam Sutton was a three star. Right. Anyone that was six one, anyone that's above six foot and over two hundred pounds is the next big linebacker. So <laughs> yeah. that's what we're and missing. It's just. And I was just thinking about that the other day that this this is all over the. Oh, Powell disconnected. He said all over the. Uh, so he's he's gone. He'll be back in here in a second. But that's what happens when you run a very successful podcast. You blow up the internet sometimes, so people's connections drop out. But we're going to keep going here. I think it's a good segue before we do our our Mount Rushmore game. Let's talk about the spin zone a little bit. We want to call it because Tennessee is in a. A whirlwind right now of recruiting, not in a good way. Tailspin you, zone. Uh, the tailspin. Thank you. Um, that was a good show back in the day, dude. Yes, Tennessee is in a terrible spot in recruiting. There is no way that this thing can be spun right. But there are some people on the board right now that like to make try to you know make the positive light. We appreciate that for the looking the, at you, CN Eagle. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll make this a request from Duke to Steve right now. You can go ahead and make your uh your request here. Go ahead. I mean, it's it's just a shame that uh, you know, he's he's had me blocked for so long. Um, you know, I thought he and I were good friends, but apparently we're not. And uh you know, I mean his avatar is the dude, so you know, how how can you get upset, you know, when you're the dude? You just gotta, you know, let that shit go, man. 
Yeah, I think you guys have gone after each other a couple of times here now. Um, but this is our way of, of building bridges on the podcast where there might be folks that have people look, I mean, I, I had people all, I still have people on ignore, unfortunately, and that you had I, me on ignore. I had you that's my point. I had you on ignore and I did one of it was actually probably got higher ratings than some of the rose ceremonies on The Bachelor. Um, when I, when I did my formal apology over the podcast, I think that was one of the most touching moments in podcast history. So that's what we're all about here is bringing people together and just, you know, mashing people up. I will take credit up. for, uh, the relationship between you and Duke. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you credit <laughs> PTC. So thank you for that. But no, I mean, <clears throat> Silver's a good guy and, you know, we need to take ourselves less seriously, I think, on the board. And that's something I've learned over the past few years is, gosh, we've, you know, we're all, you know, hopefully pulling for the same team unless you're Jesse Simonton. But, um, you know, <laughs> we're not in a good spot at the end of the day. We're not in a good spot in the recruiting. And it doesn't mean you're a negative volunteer fan if if you point that out. Um my point, Jeff Collins, who's Butch Jones 2.0, he's got ten or Georgia Tech at number eleven in the country. And granted, they're you know a bunch of three star guys, but he's trying to build that swag up and all that kind of stuff. And here we are. And are we in year quantity over quality, year, man? Yeah, we're not in year exactly. zero, right? We're in year one, so or year two. We'll just call it year two. Um, so I want to ask you guys, and we'll do, I'll kind of shotgun this out to everybody, so someone can take it and run, but. How would we, you know, what are some of the things you guys are hearing on the board from the the Pazavals, how they're spinning this recruiting class right now? I mean, it's abysmal. Um, how, how are people spinning this thing in some funny ways you guys are seeing? I mean, not to sound like a really smart person here, but I mean, there's a lot of space left. I mean, we got open spots in case any of these other four or five stars don't make it anybody else's school. I mean, right. Tennessee's got a spot. Come on down. Exactly. We're like the price is right, you know, and come on down. Hey, happy. Come on down. Yeah. I think, I think also to that one, um, you know, we like guys that can compete. So if you want to come and earn a scholarship, like we want to see you in camp. So we're getting these guys in front Man. of the staff. And they've already evaluated them. And just like, you know, Pruitt evaluated uh, the defensive back from uh, DeAndre Baker, I think he's going to find the same somewhere else, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's that that's an argument. It's really tough. I mean, I, I think I text in the group text that I'm not worried about it until – if we're in the same situation we are now with the same people we have by – I'll, I'll say after Labor Day, after the first game into the season, because at least you can see them beat. Um, I think they play Georgia State or Georgia Southern, whoever they play um, in game one. Then if that doesn't make someone pop, then I mean, you got, you got a lot of reason to worry about because this team's not going to win seven or eight games. Um, they may win seven if they get lucky, but I have them at six wins. But uh, you you don't worry. I'm not worried in the summer because – According to the, the mods on VolQuest, there's about five or six big recruits between Cooper Mays, Keyshawn Lawrence, and Tyler Barron and all of them that could get the ball rolling. But, I mean, that ball is pretty stagnant right now. Aren't all those guys three stars? None of those guys are, are foundation guys in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you know, as much as we hype up Cooper Mays, how good is he really? Right. Exactly. He's not his He's brother. A center. He's right. a center. Okay, he's so not Jade. That's for sure. Who's not the guy at this point. That, yeah, somebody said to your point, uh, Duke. Somebody said that Cooper Mays is the cornerstone to this class. That Who was Thick Stripe. That was Thick Stripe. Shout out to Thick Stripe. Thick Stripe. What's up, man? Um, lo- love what you what you do on the board, but that was a crazy take, man. Yeah, I mean, I agree, and he and I disagree on some stuff. He's he's a yeah. good poster, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought that was an interesting take. I understand where he's coming from. I don't think he's necessarily meaning it from a, hey, if we don't get him, you know, we're in trouble on the offensive line. I don't, I don't think that, or we're in trouble in twenty uh, twenty recruiting. I think it was a, hey, we got to stop this bleeding of losing Knoxville guys to right. rival programs. You know, Cade Mays, 
the kid who went to Clemson, you know, all, all the ones that have happened over the last two, three, four years. Yeah. Basically, it's just a ma- it, that's what that's what I took from his post is, hey, we got to stop the bleeding somehow, uh, right. even though he's not, you know, he's not some five star. It's sad. And I'm going to have to, you know, I'm, I'm really interested. We'll have to maybe look at this this next week. But I mean, Tennessee's got one commitment from somebody out of Tennessee and he's a 5.2 you know, two star Will Albright, not no offense on you, Will Albright, but um, I mean, it's astounding to me that Tennessee can't get anybody else going. Um, and, you know, they're fighting these battles that they're not going to win. They're, they're going into Alabama. You know, you got to be successful in Georgia, but gosh, man, I think there's enough players in Georgia, but we're not winning battles in Alabama uh, for top flight players. And we're not even winning battles in Tennessee. I mean, it's just sad. So is Tennessee going to have to become one of those programs that does better and coaches them up, you know, coaches them up with a bunch of three stars and maybe some duly four stars. Um, and if you're new to the program, a duly four star is a, a guy that maybe just made it into four star status, but they don't have a national ranking or anything like that, but they do have four stars. So most of those are Juco guys and things like that. But um, you know, do we have to go with the duly four stars and then a bunch of three star guys? I don't freaking know. But I, I sure as heck would rather have some Mo, you know, Mo Crouch or uh, or, court t- or Q Crouches or whatever his name is, you know, those kinds of guys put you know out there in Darnell Wrights and Wanye Morris's versus you know Will Albright. So, um, yeah, it's a sad state of affairs. I don't know if there's anything else we want to talk about it, but we're trying to bring some light to it. But there's really not much light <laughs> to bring to this at the moment. I'll ask you, Duke, you know, since you haven't or Priest, maybe if you want to come in here, too. But I've brought this up the past couple uh, podcasts, but I feel like um, the commitment of Harrison Bailey should have brought more, you know, something else, additional boost in recruiting. And there hadn't been anything that's come from it. Why do you that is the case? Uh, You know, it's it's tough to say. I think it could be a lot of things. I think, you know. I think recruits, I think it's just a perfect storm right now of, okay, you know, you know, not to judge, not to start judging Pruitt already, you know, from what happened last season. But the fact of the matter is the team didn't play well against Vanderbilt. They didn't play well against Missouri. They got blown out in both games. Um, regardless of the reasons those things happen, I think they put a lot of people on pause and, you know, to, to be five and seven in that first year when you honestly should have been at least six and six, um, yeah. we should have found a way to win one, one more game. I think, you know, I think players are just, they're not ready to pull that trigger yet. Um, you know, they got to see some improvement this year, you know, and whether that's, whether that's coming out and, you know, depend, you know, uh, improvement obviously will mean a little bit different to everyone, but you know, for one guy that may mean, just strictly wins and losses. And what, what do we look like on December 1st um, as far as our win loss record for some other guys that may mean, um, you know, looking and, you know, looking like a better coach football team, looking like a football team that is ready, is ready to play every week. Um, you know, maybe doesn't go out and compete toe to toe with Georgia or Alabama yet, but uh, you know, teams that, they can stay on the field with, they are staying on the field with and giving themselves a chance to win those games that they couldn't win last year, you know? And, uh, you know, I think, I think that's the biggest deal right now is, you know, we, we, to be back to where we want to be, you know, you got to get the kids that Clemson, Georgia and Alabama are getting right now. Problem is, is we got to start beating Vanderbilt, Missouri, you know, South Carolina, those teams before, before we can even think about Georgia and Alabama and, but the problem is it takes two different levels of players to get to one level, you know, to get to the level of beating South Carolina than it does to get to the level of playing with Georgia and Alabama. Right. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I yep. wholeheartedly agree. And, you know, we've got to find a way to, it's so sad to routine, you know, you've got to beat the Missouris and the Vandys and the South Carolinas. Like you, you can't lose to South Carolina ever again in the next five years. You just can't. South Carolina, it's, I just hate, you know, and Camp has such a hatred for Tennessee for whatever reason. I don't know why, but he's. Well, he, he played at Georgia and went 0 4 against Tennessee. Yeah, that's so. true. 
I was going to yeah. ask you. Real Same reason Kirby Smart hates Tennessee. I mean, yeah. I get it. Like, right. I do. And it's funny is they're taking this old school approach and there might be other teams that might overlook Tennessee, right? You know, these new younger players, they don't know if Tennessee is like a big juggernaut, right? But the coaches do. The coaches remember Tennessee being. Yeah, they do. You're right. Yeah. They got the fire and they're like, hey, we ain't overlooking Tennessee because as long as you keep Tennessee down, we're going to stay, you know, somewhat up, right? So. um, Plus, Kirby Smart and Pruitt hate each other. No matter right. how formalities go, I'm pretty sure those two don't have the most loving relationship. So Kirby's going to hang 50 every chance he gets. Right. Yeah. And that, that was, pro- that was interesting too, like to that point with, with Pruitt taking Cheney. Um, I don't think that. Oh yeah. He really hates him now. Right. I Like a lot of the UGA fans are like, Oh, Cheney sucks. Cheney's a damn good um, quarterback developer. And he's a dang good. I mean, he brought a true freshman to the college football playoff. I mean, that's pretty freaking good. Now, no matter how good the rest of that team was, but um, you know, I think Cheney's a good OC, and I think that was that's gonna, I think, hurt UGA long term. Maybe they'll you know lock you know reload and all that kind of stuff. But I was gonna ask you guys real quickly too. Um, I don't know if you read the EJ Williams article or not. This was posted by our boy. Uh, big boy Chad Simmons, big boy shout out. What's up, man? Uh, holla back, Chad. Um, but uh, the, these are the quotes I want to ask you guys because we were just talking about Duke. You were just talking about Alabama, Auburn, Clemson, Florida, LSU, Oklahoma. These are the top teams that we are recruiting against, right? Um, this is what he says about Tennessee. Coach Martin, uh, T. Martin, and I have been talking a lot of Tennessee. I really like right now coach martin has made a big impact with me i built a great relationship with him he's like a father figure he is not only a great coach but someone i can look up to and learn from um so there's that and then i read this part and it really made me sick when he's talking about although um it's an out-of-state school clemson is the school that has had the most buzz around it when talk uh, talking williams recruitment it says um and he is quoted as saying, everyone knows Clemson is wide receiver you, so I do not have to say too much about them. Um, any thoughts on that? Because that really, when I read that, when I read like I've, I've got friends that are Clemson fans and they say that and it, I really just kind of shrug it off. But when I read it, I was like, okay, it's kind of official. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's tough to read, but at the same time, like – um you know who who are the last you know two or three great truly great receivers that Tennessee had you know to to go pro and those kinds of things um you know i mean these kids these kids don't remember you know peerless price and uh you know carl pickens back further you know and all the you know the guys from the 90s and 80s and even early 2000s a little bit, these guys don't remember them. I mean, the world in a lot of ways has gotten smaller and um, memories have gotten a lot shorter, especially for 17-year-old kids, understandably. Um, you know, but it, but that's, you know, that's why I get frustrated sometimes on the board when you got these guys in their 40s, 50s, and 60s talking about, you know, this and that and the other and not realizing the fact that what – you know, the lifeblood of Tennessee football is 18 to 22 year olds. It's not, it's not the guy who grew up, you know, and remembers the 1982 Bama game where he broke an 11 year streak and beat Bear mm-hmm. Bryant in his last season. You know, it's guys, people right. don't remember that kids nowadays don't, they weren't even alive. You know, recruits nowadays weren't right. even alive when Tennessee won the national championship. I mean, and they were, they were, you know, six years old when Tennessee last went to the SEC championship, you know, it's just, it, it's a different world. And, you know, you got to understand that. Yeah. I mean, some of them even weren't, I was talking to my, I've got my wife's sister that lives with us and she's a senior in high school. She wasn't even around when nine 11 happened. <laughs> and it's like, that's some perspective for you. So right. Tennessee's relevant. No, we, ain't, we ain't relevant anymore. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to take a lot. Priest, I'll ask you real quick. How, how, how the heck do we turn this thing around a little bit? How do we, we talked about it last time about the Titanic and how we might have hit the ice. Is there any way to patch I mean, the hole up? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a pretty easy solution. You just win, right? Al Davis said it best. You just, just win. win. I mean, that's that's 
that that's really the only thing you can do. I, I mean, Pruitt has to put together a pretty good staff, and I can't say they're great because I mean we haven't seen them coach this year. We only saw them once, you know, for one year so far. But I, I think you just win. I mean, that's the end all, be all of it all. I mean, you you win, and then you show that Tennessee still is the prestige prestigious school that it is and that it has the nice one of the some of the nicest facilities in the country and some of the prettiest girls and some of the you know crazy fan base even though some of them shouldn't be allowed in public or around people but it's as long as you're winning you say prettiest girls yeah what is the uh shout out tn maval yeah tn maval she knows all about that. No, I mean, it's the SEC. Most we had a recruit coming in, and um, I was one of the hostesses. And uh, did you do the turkey gobbler dance, Ma? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> General Needland came to me at uh, at the Akio oh, house, and he had a sign and said, I, "I need volunteers." And being a volunteer, I ran out and said, "What can I do, Coach Needland?" And he said, "We need to turn this thing around. We need some. We need to sign some recruits. So uh, that's for next week, and we'll talk about everything that happened after that. But uh, it brings back some fond memories. And um, <laughs> sorry, uh, I, I realize this. I, I'll cut that part out. But as uh, <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble, I was going to go down a terrible path because I've had a couple beers now, but." <laughs> um, I mean, Coach Pruitt did ask for everyone's commitment around the program to be at its maximum level. So, but here's my thing, right? All right, so I'm pretty girl. So we actually were talking about this on the text. I hate to take this down a terrible thing. Is that? Do you think that's a part of it? Um, and let's we can run a fine line here, but um, you know, do the, the the does the atmosphere like a lot of players talk about the atmosphere of the school and all and the fans and things like that? Yeah, pretty girls are a big part of it. I mean. Does Tennessee really have an advantage, though? Because I talked about it, the UGA, you know, girls. I, yeah, I, you don't have to go into the details of what you talked about. <laughs> um, but, yeah. uh, no, I, I mean, I don't think so. I mean, yeah, there's tons of pretty girls in Knoxville, but there's tons of pretty girls in Clemson. There's tons of pretty girls in Athens, um, you know, Auburn, Tuscaloosa, like whatever. They're everywhere, especially in the though. southeast. But there's not yeah, many- I'm not saying that. That's like a huge deciding factor, but it, I mean, it just it builds on. It can be if you're you recruiting against Michigan State or Ohio yeah. State. Yes, Amen. Oh God, yes, hundred percent. I I totally agree. Or Texas, right? What? <laughs> what? I, don't know <laughs> I lived in Austin, and man, if you go up and down Sixth Street, that that's recruiting in and of itself, right there. But. um you know, it's again. I I feel like yeah, SEC does have an advantage if you get a kid out of there. Like I don't know how Justin Rogers goes to like a Kentucky. I, I don't think Kentucky. I, I don't get that either. Yeah, that, unless they took him on the freaking bourbon tour. I mean, possible. Uh, I mean, come on, guys. You need to you know insert the there. Randy Moss clip. Right. Straight cash, homie. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like I envision like Bob Stoops going to you know going like up to Calipari office which is obviously bigger you know <laughs> like asking you know, him to venmo him some right. some money to get this five-star guy some of that worldwide west money right stoops is on the first floor and he has to like go up the elevator to the calipari's floor and then you know go through all these receptionists and everything to get to his office and hey uh, coach he's got to make an appointment right and then he like he's got this huge chair that turns around he's like what do you want it's like a game of thrones chair it's <laughs> the wizard of Oz. What do you want, Bob? He's like, look, uh, we just we got this big renovation, and, and we even got a sponsorship. It's Kroger Field, like of all places, Kroger Field, which Kroger's not even a good store, but you know we're, we're you know it's like, aren't they Kroger Field? Isn't that what it is? Yeah, it's yeah, Kroger. I think that's right. Yeah, Kroger yeah. is like the cheap place when you know you need to save money with a coupon or something like that. Oh, that's, dude, that's Food Lion. Or yeah, or I guess you could have been Food, food Lion still open. <laughs> yeah, dude. They're, yeah, they're, they're still around. Yeah. So anyway, it's just, it's crazy, uh, you know, that we're, that's the world we're living in right now where Tennessee can't beat out Kentucky. And, um, you know, un- unfortunately, we can't right now for whatever reason. And, and even though we waxed that ass on the field this season. 
Well, I mean, we beat them last year too. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things, perceptions, reality for these kids right now. And, um, I think that's the sad part about Pruitt is, um, you know, we don't really have, we don't have that kind of Butch Jones guy that's bringing in motivational speakers and trying to do sound bites and clips and trying to get his name out there. And that's part of it for these guys. They want to see the swagger and all that. You know, Dabo doesn't necessarily do all that, but he's on every freaking ESPN. You know, I feel like every interview they have on Dabo is like a, it's like a mini 30 for 30. Like they're always trying to wrap some story underneath. And he's like, you know, just talking about coaching and they wrap in all these things with him and make him look out, you know, to be, you know, the second coming or something is just ridiculous. So anyway, um, how do anything else, how, how we can bring this thing back to a stable position? Or are we just kind of waiting for the year? I think that you just said the key word without even realizing it. It's in its stability. Um, you've got to have continuity in order to get stability. And yeah. I think that with the staff that we have, if we can keep them together um, for you know a couple of years, I think they can build a good foundation. I mean, we know that they all can recruit. We know this. We don't know whether or not they can actually coach. And Lane said it best, you know, just win. If we can improve year to year, I think that the recruiting prowess will take over and we'll get them. But if we start – sliding in any way because we're on such unsure footing as far as the football program is concerned, there's really no room for error. We have to make sure that there are no steps taken backwards because if we do, we could be starting this process over again in three or four years. Well, that's, that's what I'm afraid of. And again, hopefully the best staff in America can put, you know, put some wins together here and we need a couple, you know, we need to win the ones we were supposed to win. And then we need a couple of those Auburn games. We we've got to find a way to stay close. I think if you beat Florida this year, which that's always very hard for Tennessee to do. If you beat Florida this year and you stay close to the Alabamas and Georgias, um, I think you, you've got some recruiting, you know, fire to, to work with. Um, but anyway, for the, the, the fans out there, just a couple housekeeping, uh, items here. We do want to ask you guys to like, and subscribe, um, click that. What was, what do you click on PTC? Come on to Spotify. Come on over to iTunes, Google play, and we'll be happy to, uh, get you subscribed so that you don't miss a single episode. See, see how he said that so beautifully, like. You, you can go on any platform that you want and, and find the pod quest and be entertained for hours upon hours. We have people that tell us that they listen to it at work or onto a long drive or, you know, anything if they want to fall asleep. Even I've, I've a lot of people messaging us saying that they listen to it when they need to fall asleep. So we appreciate that because um, usually when I want to fall asleep, it's a heavy dose of women's basketball and NyQuil. But um, anyway, but yeah, we, we appreciate everybody listening. Make sure you go out to iTunes, write some crazy reviews on there. Go to Google Play, write some crazy reviews, however you want to you know, download and listen to it. SoundCloud as well. Um, we're actually going to cut off the podcast here. We're not going to do the Mount Rushmore game. Stay tuned for that next week. It's going to be super fun. And we're going to make this um, a fun, interactive thing moving forward. We'll probably do the mailbag, which was our idea initially and first before anybody else had done it. But we'll probably maybe do that in the next couple of weeks as well. We've got some really cool stuff coming up for you guys. And then we possibly might be doing a live one where you can see our pretty faces. Um, I know PTC and Priest have been waiting for that. Um, so we might be doing a live show here soon because um, we haven't done that in a while. Maybe we'll do one like right when uh, you know summer camp or fall camp or whatever comes up. So we'll think about it. But thank you, everybody, so much for listening. We had a good time doing this, um, and we will see you next week. You guys want to say goodbye and good night before we uh, head out here? Thanks for having night, me on, man. Guys. I had fun. Awesome. Yeah, it's always good to have you on, Duke. Uh, good night, everybody, guys. It's always a pleasure. Uh, y'all are some y'all are some good folks. We're going to have some fun this week. Um, as I said in the intro, please take time next, tomorrow to remember those who have gone before us, who put their lives on the line, and who, unfortunately, we are not getting back. 
the world is littered with brave men and women who left this country to defend it, and they deserve every ounce of respect and gratitude and remembrance that we can muster, for we owe them a debt that we can never repay. Yep. Amen on that. Amen on that. Priest, you got anything before we head out? Or are you gone? I, I can't top that. Um, <laughs> that. That was that was spot on. But no, everyone have a fun, safe um, holiday weekend. Um, don't drink and drive. Call a Lyft. Call an Uber. Call a friend. You know, there, <clears throat> there's other ways to get home. <laughs> yes. No, don't call me. I'm not going to come get you. <laughs> Yes, uh, and we'll we'll second and third that. Please, nobody drink and drive. Um, don't. It's one of the dumbest decisions. that really shows, you know, that you're an idiot if you want to risk your life and other people's lives. So don't drink and drive, and call Uber, and and that money's worth it, right? So if you ever need it, call a friend and have somebody come pick you up too. But have an enjoyable Memorial day. Like PTC said, remember, just take a second, take 10 seconds and really think about the people that sacrificed and left their families behind, you know, to fight for us and fight for our freedoms. It's really, it's really an amazing, uh, amazing to think about. Um, so actually with that, I'm going to, um, I'm going to play a different song this evening. Um, I'm going to play a different song. So with that being said, hopefully you guys can hear this. Can you guys hear this? Mm-hmm. Yep. Alrighty. Well, thank you everybody for listening to the pod quest and uh, have a good evening. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life and I had to start again. Just my children and my wife I thank my lucky stars To be living here today Cause the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that away And I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know I'm free And I won't forget the men who died, who gave that right to me. And I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the U.S.